As a driven dentist, you see the world differently. Where some see scarcity, you see abundance. When others want to give up, you keep going. You're building an amazing life of significance. That means you can't rely on ordinary advice from ordinary advisors to get to your goals. You want advice that's going to help maximize your net worth so you can take even better care of the people you love, the causes you care about, and make your dent in the universe. But the fact is, this advice remains hidden because relatively few professionals are well-versed in them, and the extremely affluent don't care to let you know about them. Join us as we pull back the curtain to reveal the often hidden advice and strategies used by today's most successful individuals and families. Welcome to Dental Wealth Nation. Here's your host, Tim McNeely. Welcome, everyone, to Dental Wealth Nation. I am so excited to have you here today. And these last couple of years, they may have been just a little bit stressful in your, your dental practice. You may have struggled some, but I got a question for you. Would you be interested in knowing how many dentists had their best year ever last year? And more importantly, what you can do this year to have your best year ever? Well, tune in today because that's exactly what we're going to be talking about. We're going to talk about how you can capture the best of 20. 22. And by the time we finish today, you're really going to know, you're going to have that strategy on how to capture the best, not just in your practice, but your life also. You're going to have a clear path forward for this year and some things that you can do. You're going to have some real clear, practical takeaways. But more importantly, you're going to feel excited to, to establish a baseline for your practice. Because if you have a baseline, you can start measuring your success you're going to have this year. And wow, am I excited. We've got Gene St. Louis with us today. And Jean has been in dentistry for over 38 years. What's even more impressive is she's helped over 4,000 dentists just like you. And she has an absolute passion for helping you bring your vision for your practice to life. Jean, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Tim. It's great to be here. I appreciate you inviting me. Oh, I, absolutely. And I couldn't think of a more important topic to be, be talking about right now. And that's really how to capture the best of 2022. But before we dive into that, give me a little bit of your background and, and how you got started. Well, I got started straight out of high school. I went to a dental assisting college, <clears throat> born and raised in Chicago and went to a, a small farming town called Carthage, Illinois for dental assisting, and it was clinical assisting as well as administrative. And, you know, unfortunately, many of those schools have closed, so people cannot get professionally trained. And from there, I went out and I worked for general dentist, periodontist, pedodontist, endodontist, oral surgeon. And throughout my career in the clinical arena, I loved clinical assisting. I was passionate about taking care of patients and making their experience be really great. I had an opportunity at one of the practices to work the front desk. Well, I got up there and I realized that my passion and my niche was really the administrative end, the business end of the practice. I just soaked it up. I loved it. And so from there, I worked with several different general practices again and pediatric and perio and, and really found that I was very good at treatment presentation and case acceptance and really helping the team get excited about practice in my office manager roles. And I ended up working for a dentist who um, wanted to sell his practice and do a startup practice in about 25 miles away. And I helped him to grow that practice and sell the practice and then 
helped him do the startup. And I got the startup practice to just under about 1.2 million in about three years and realized that I needed a coach. Everything that was in my toolbox was, I used it. And so I said, I really think we should hire a coach or a consultant. And he said, great, you know, look for one. So I did much research, settled on a local firm out of Chicago and ended up hiring them. And what I found is because of my clinical and administrative background, I would go into, um, they ended up asking if I would be a consultant with them about after about knowing them for seven years, two principals, um, one got into sales and appraisals of practices early in the 80s. And the other one had together, they had about 12 clients, very small firm. And so I offered, I, you know, was working with them as an office manager for the doctor. And they, I, I struggled with the fact that there was not support for office managers. So I started an office manager support group. In addition, I offered after about six years to buy them out. And they, um, they didn't want to sell, but they did take me out as a consultant and I started my own clients. And as I started working with my own clients, I found that my clinical and my administrative expertise was causing me to derail from my normal business coaching. And so I ended up writing and copywriting two manuals, one on clinical education and one on administrative, and actually was able to help those doctors. I went out and recruited instructors to help those doctors so I could stay focused on the business side. So um, I've owned my consulting firm now um, for many years, uh, love what I do. And that's kind of a little bit about my journey. Yeah. Well, you know, that's interesting. You mentioned that when you got in the, the, the office and you, right, when you first kind of started working in dental practices, you actually were attracted to the, the admin and the systems and the processes. For a lot of people, I, I know for me and my business, that's the part I hate. Right. I, I'm not good at that part. And so, you know, right. I, I think that that can be, you know, a huge strength. And so, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, kind of the, the role of the doctor in terms of them building the processes and systems or really working with someone to implement something that, that's already there. Yes, yeah, sure. Years ago, you know, the gurus in the in the consulting world would say, Doctor, all you need to do is go in and do your dentistry and let your, you know, office manager or your consultant handle everything else. And that was good advice back then. I think as we've evolved, it's you like yourself saying, I just don't care for the administrative, that business aspect of it. I have found that more and more dentists, um, they, they like to know it. They want to be entrenched in it, but they don't want to breathe, eat, sleep it. They want to do their dentistry, which is great. But I like to be able to put in systems that help them to be that, that overseer and understand. To me, I like to teach my team and my doctors how to be a consultant, if you will. So to be able to look at numbers and know something's not right. It, it does no good to help a client and be with that client and be a consultant. And, you know, and then year two, year three, year four, year five, like you, you had a consultant and you can't get rid of them. That's not a good consultant to me. A good consultant is somebody that teaches the team and the doctor how to do that process, their job, mm -hmm. their processes within their business operational systems. So they can be able to say, thank you. You've helped us. We can fly out of our bird's nest and we're, we're good. 
You've mm. given us so much information. So that's kind of been my my strategy. Interesting. So so it sounds like it really is more transformational what you're doing is right. You, you're helping them develop those those skills in leadership and team management and and really kind of implementing those processes so that they know what to pay attention to, but don't necessarily have to do all the heavy lifting of building these things either. Right. They don't have to develop, you know, the strategies. I have proven strategies that I've used for 30, you know, 30 some years that I know work. They, they don't have to create that. I teach that. I help them implement that right there on site and then follow up to make sure that everyone's doing what they need to do. Yeah. Now, you know, in the world of athletics, it's rare to come across a world-class athlete who doesn't have a coach. But so often in dentistry, we find practitioners that have not engaged coaches. Why do you think that is? You know, it's really interesting. That's a very interesting point that you bring up. And over the years, I've had doctors that have been with me, you know, yes, one year, two years, three years, they've chosen that. And they'll have said to me, you know, you, you've changed my practice. You've changed my life. Thank you so much. I didn't have a retirement or I didn't have, you know, proper financials in place for me to protect my family. You've helped me establish that because the practice has grown. The practice is the economic engine of, of, you know, what supports your life. And one of the things that I found interesting is as much as they loved working with me, they, they almost, it was like their best kept secret. They didn't want to tell anyone else. Hmm. They didn't want to share it with their friends. And the reason being, the only thing I can figure out is like, it's okay for me and I want to do good, but I don't necessarily want you to be as good as me. I don't know why that occurs, but um, I, you know, I do have clients that refer other clients. They, they don't have an issue with that, but I think sometimes it's a, for instance, in a practice when they have embezzlement, the doctor feels like, how could I have had this happen? I feel so, you know, naive. I feel so like such a bad leader. I should have known this. And they don't want anyone to know. It's, it's like they're ashamed. So mm. I don't know if that also plays into the role of getting a consultant and gosh, I have to bear my soul. You know, I have to I have to admit that I haven't done things as an owner. And I always try to tell clients when I can sense that they're feeling or potential clients, I'll say to them, listen, dental school didn't teach you business. You didn't go to dental school because I can't wait to be a business owner. You went to dental school because you love dentistry nine times out of 10. So why do you think you should also be the, you know, the dentist is the only profession other than maybe a, veterinarian or a chiropractor where you're a provider, an accountant, an HR person, a, you know, you, you have to wear so many hats because you can't really afford to hire a CFO and a HR, you know, VP in a dental office, unless you have a bigger facility, of course, multi-million dollar practice kind of thing. So I don't know, I can't really answer why or what holds a dentist back from making that, that investment in themselves, really. Because you're absolutely right. As a, as a professional athlete, I don't know of one that doesn't have a coach. Yeah, 
Yep. Well, right. I, I think you kind of hit on it too. Cause I think back to years ago when I first started coaching, right. It was a little scary because you do have to show up vulnerable, right? You almost got to have a couple sessions with Brene Brown, the shame and vulnerability researcher first to give you permission to, to be vulnerable. But as you press into these communities, and actually I helped underwrite some, some research on mastermind CEO and, and coaches and how they can really accelerate success. But you find th these great communities of people and you do get someone to, to hold your hand and, and really give you that, that path to run on so that you can get back to doing what you love. But it can absolutely be scary at first yeah, because absolutely. you do have to face up to you know, these frightening things, whether it's embezzlement or, you know, even that maybe a sense of, of weakness, like I'm not as good as my other peers. Whereas I had a finally a mind shift. I'm like, no, I'm a great advisor. I want to be even better. Right. right? I, I want to be even better. And to get to that next level, I want coaches and consultants who know the path, just like a world-class athlete. Absolutely. I mean, in my career, I've hired Dale Carnegie, which is a wonderful organization just to enhance my consultants and myself's ability in human relation principles. Yeah. You know, for your listeners out there, if you've never read the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, I would highly recommend it. It's an awesome book. And, you know, so even coaches need coaches, you know, I mean, you, you, if you're really being honest with yourself and truthful as to taking your business where you want it, you know, I have a financial planner. I have a great trusted advisor on my attorney and my accountant, why not have a, you know, a coach? Yeah. And even if it's not me, it doesn't have to be me. Just find the right one that fits your strategy and your belief and your, you know, what you feel. Yeah, well, well said. And we're going to dive in here in a little bit on, on how you can capture the best of 2022. So, so hang around. We're going to be coming back to that. And we're going to share some mindsets of, of the successful dentists who had their best year ever. But, but Jean, you know, you have a deep, passion for, for what you do. It comes out in your voice. I can see it in your face and, and right. And just your excitement and enthusiasm. Where does that deep passion come from? You know, Tim, I think it comes from the fact twofold. One is I've chosen a career that I absolutely love from the time I started as a dental assistant till now. I really you know, I like to help people. That's why I got into dental assisting. I like to, you know, hold a patient's hand, make them feel like it's going to be okay. Um, all the way to really in my consultative role, having a passion for helping doctors <coughs> not being taken advantage of, being able to to see their systems in a different way to help them grow. And my passion comes from the fact that when I wake up every day, I, I meditate, I journal, I try to exercise. That helps me to get my mind and my body in the right frame. And then the rest of it comes from the fact that I don't have to work. I choose to work. I'm blessed that I, I'm financially free. I I work because I really enjoy what I do and it's, it's fun. It's hard for me to stop working. <laughs> you know, I'm i I'm a workaholic, you know, I'm a product of, you know, being a, a, a baby boomer that loves work and, you know, people, even my, even my millennial children who are, you know, 30, 35 are like, mom, you work, you work all the time. And I'm like, it's not work. It doesn't feel like work when you, 
when you love what you do and you're helping people. Yeah, no, I, I, I love that. And that, that's so important, right? And I think passion plays a, a huge role in, in, in success. And so, right, 38 years, over 4,000 dentists that, that, you, that you've worked with. What role have you seen, you know, really that, that passion and that, that deep sense of why play in success? And I ask that because, you know, today there's a lot of doctors that may be burnt out. They, they got into dentistry. They loved it at one point, And now they feel like they're just surviving and, and not thriving. So, so how important is that, that passion and that why to really being able to, to move forward and build that practice of your dreams? I think the, I do run into doctors who are burnt out and who just feel like, I, I just don't want to go on with this. I'm not having fun. And it's very sad, especially when that doctor is in their forties or fifties. I mean, you might expect it somebody that's in their seventies. They've been doing this for 45 years. They're burnt out. They're done. But even then I feel like you need a spark. And part of that spark is not feeling the grind of that practice every day, day in and day out, being controlled by your staff, being controlled by your patients, like not taking control of your schedule, mm -hmm. not having an ideal day flow in your schedule the way you want. And I think those factors can play into that feeling of burnt out. And I often find that Dennis kind of they're out on an island, right? They're, they're, they're themselves and they, they may or may not hang out with dental colleagues, but they really are on this island by themselves and they're running this business and they're taking care of their patients and they're, they're being pulled in a lot of different directions and they're trying to support their family. And, you know, if it's a female dentist, she's trying to, you know, wear the hat of full-time mom, full-time owner. It's, it's not easy to get that, uh, bounce in your step, that positive attitude, that really go get it. And I think in order to really get there, you have to be honest with yourself about what's causing some of those issues. Mm -hmm. So, so maybe, it, right, and actually as you were talking, I, I kind of got this sense of, of maybe it's not even so much that, that that spark and that passion has gone away as much as it is just the, the, the stress points and the pressure points of the practice are more like pouring cold water on that flame and that passion. And if you can start fixing some of those things, that passion will probably come back. Nine times out of 10, I'll tell you it does. It really does. And, and the other thing is sometimes dentists are still practicing in, you know, in the eighties and nineties, they're not, they haven't incorporated any technology into the practice. They haven't incorporated any sense of what they can do in their day-to-day -day operations to make their lives easier. Yeah. And I'm not talking buying a $120,000 piece of equipment. I'm talking about first and foremost, the business operational systems, how, you know, job descriptions, how's the schedule flowing, all of those aspects. And then in addition, how, what are you doing as a clinician to help yourself kind of get to a different level? Are you investing in yourself? Yeah, 
No, very, very true. And I, and that's exciting to, to think about, right? If you're a little burnt out, if you're if you're feeling like, yeah, this just may not be your, your thing and you're just kind of tired, it's possible for that passion and spark to come back if you start addressing some of those core issues in your practice. Now, you know, you and I were talking before we jumped on and, and you shared that many of your clients have actually had their best year ever last year. And I know, you know, I've certainly talked to doctors and, and heard that from, from many of my clients, but I've also heard a substantial number of people say, I just don't know how to do it, right? COVID's been so hard. I haven't been able to adjust and my team and my staff and I can't find people, but then other people are out there just absolutely killing it. And so what did your clients who had their best year ever, what were they doing last year? And what are some of those principles that, that we can take away today so that we can have our best year this year? I think some of the most important things go back to, you know, since COVID it's here, it's a reality. I think you have to go back to the beginning of COVID and how those practices communicated to their teams and their patients. That was a, a huge thing. I mean, I, I gave them the tools that they needed, letters and what, how to communicate to their team every single week about what's happening because there was so much unknown in the world and people felt so, you know, afraid, scared, you know, didn't know what to do. And it has had an impact on the healthcare and dentistry being one of them. And I have found that the practices that, and I'm not saying every single practice I go into, but I can tell you out of all the practices I go into, almost 95% of them have had a, and I don't, you know, I don't mean like a better year, like, well, of course they did. It was 2020. Come on. You know, I mean, they, they've had a 50% increase. 30% increase. Those are some huge increases. And when I look at what has, has remained consistent and why did that happen? It was the business operational systems. It's what they mm -hmm. had in place it was clear job descriptions. It was holding people accountable. It was not going down the road or the bunny hole, as I like to say of, well, it's COVID. Yeah. We can all give excuses, right? I remember I was lecturing, um, back when 9-11 happened and I was in Texas and it was um, about five days after 9-11. And I remember hearing people um, can, you know, say, well, 9-11, it's having an impact on our practice. And it was, um, it was uncanny to me that they would, you know, that they felt 9-11 was the issue when I had people in Jersey and New York City as clients that never once said, it, well, I'm slow because of 9-11. In other words, it's a mindset. It's what you, you know, you can tell yourself all sorts of stories that are going to derail you and make excuses for why recall patients aren't coming in. Yes, of course, people have COVID and they can't come in and we get that. But that doesn't mean they're gone forever. I mean, the hygiene departments, you have to strategize. You have a backlog in every practice, a backlog of patients <clears throat> that are overdue. You've got to get them in. So what should you be doing? Well, in some practices, I call it a super hygiene day. You use your hygiene staff and you fill the other two or three chairs with additional hygienist, temp hygienist, or friends of hygienists that have that day off. And you bring them in and you basically have the doctor just go chair to chair and do exams. They don't do any dentistry that day. That will help get you caught up on those past due hygiene. What does that do? 
Well, once you have a super hygiene day and you're getting caught up on those past two hygienes, you as a clinician are able to diagnose. So now you're getting more dentistry. So there was so there are so many strategies that you can do to help in, in the situation to make yourself have a better 2022. Wow. Some of those things are, you know, making sure you have clear job descriptions. And it's not always about the money. I think, you know, people get hung up sometimes with consultants that, oh, it, they're, it, they're just worried about money. It's not always about the money. It's really about perfecting a well-oiled machine. Many of you are doing fine, but you maybe want to do a little bit better. You have some hurdles or struggles. So I, I kind of find that, you know, really dialing in on some of those, those um, issues in your practice or not even issues, things that are going great. How do I get them greater? Things that are going mediocre. How do I get them up to great? Yeah, so right. Really what I kind of hear you saying is those doctors that, that have had their best year that are probably on track to do it again. It really starts with that, that mindset piece and then having the, the right systems and processes in their practice. And then really just paying attention to what's not working and, and what can we improve? Yes. And I think too, you know, with my clients that I've seen the growth, we're, we're, we have unlimited support, unlimited text emails from anyone on their team or the doctor, but we have once a month meetings where we're going over how, how is this system working? How are these numbers reflective? What's happening there? And that helps the whole team to kind of, be aware of, okay, this is what my job role is. And this is what my piece of this big puzzle is. And that helps because if you just kind of, Hey, it's COVID, I'm going to bury my head. Then you're going to have kind of, you're not aware of anything else around you other than you have slow days and tons of cancellations. Now, obviously I'm not saying I have the magical fix for patients with COVID that cancel on you. We don't want them to come in. We get that. But there are, you know, there are solutions to to some of the cancellation issues. Yeah, no, very, very true. And, and I love that mindset piece. Right. I, I'm reminded of my grandfather who who used to always tell me whether you think you can or you think you can't. You're right. Now, years later, I'd find out it was actually Henry Ford, the person who uh, systematized the automobile that said that. But but for right. years, I thought that was my grandpa's wisdom. But uh, it, it really is true wisdom. Right. Whether you think you can or you can't. You're right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, right, kind of coming back to, right, just that, that mindset systems, processes, right? If, if a doctor's listening to this and says, you know, I, I'm ready to, to reignite that spark, right? I, I, it's gone out. I, I, I want to make this my, my best year ever. I want to change my mindset. I want to get those systems, right? This can feel overwhelming because practices, they are complex entities, so yes. how does a doctor get started on this path? What's a good exercise or, or, or what's the starting point when you start working with a client? I always start with doing what I refer to as a practice baseline analysis. And it just gives us um, an overview of the business operational systems. How are they working? Most practices didn't get to where they're at because they're not doing everything right. They're doing a lot right. It's just... How do I tweak it to get it working as a well-oiled machine? So a baseline practice analysis enables me to look at the business operational systems, the 20 business operational systems, and really just look at that and gather that data and then be able to put together a report for the doctor. And so they can see 
where they're maybe doing excellent and I rate it, hey, this is excellent, or hey, there's an opportunity here, you should pay attention to that. Can I give you an example? Yeah, let, let's run through one. I, I would so love an to. example of something that I will look at is your profies, how many profies you're doing on adult and children, and how many periodic exams you're doing. And doctors sometimes are amazed. I, I, first of all, I'm not going to tell you to do anything that ethically you shouldn't be doing, right? I'm not going to tell you to do dentistry that you shouldn't, you know, diagnose just to make money. That's not what I'm talking about. But typically a good rule of thumb, ADA recommendations, ADA standards is for every profi you do on, a, on an adult or child, you should do a periodic exam. Some insurances only cover that once a year, very, very few. About 99% of them cover it. You do a profi, you do an exam. I'm amazed at how many practices I do this baseline analysis and they've missed their periodic exams. In other words, if I do 2,000 profis, I should have 2,000 exams. And I'm amazed at how many practices miss that. And that's something that the insurance covers at 100%. Hmm. So wh why are we missing the exams? And the doctors in many cases are saying, well, I do exams. Like, I don't understand what. So is the front desk missing it? Is it not being coded correctly in the, in the electronic chart from the hygienist when she's finished? So like, that's a small example. But I also look at, are you adequately staffed? Do you have enough front desk people? So you might be saying to yourself, yeah, you know what? She's not doing her job and I know we could do better. And I look at the numbers, I say, yeah, but you know what? She's not doing these systems because you don't have enough staff at the front or you're actually overstaffed. Don't let them tell you that you don't have enough people. They're not clear on their job descriptions. They don't know exactly what they need to do. And I find that when you have two people at the front desk, what ends up happening is you'll say, oh, okay, Mary, well, what, what do you do? And it's like, oh, well, we both work together. We do everything. Well, that's great. But then when the hygiene schedule's open or the doctor's schedule open, who does the doctor go to? It's like, oh, we both do it. Okay, well, who's accountable for it? So those are why job descriptions are so important. Hmm. Now, are these job descriptions, right, something that, that the doctor needs to create? Is this something you help with, right? What does that look like? Oh, I, mean, I, I create the job descriptions okay. based on, and I don't just come in and say, like, here's your job description. You have to interview the staff. You have to interview the staff. You have to talk with the staff. You have to observe what is the staff doing on a day-to-day, -day, you know, a day-to-day -day process? And what are they faced with? Is it a practice that has 50 emergency patients a month and their phone's ringing off the wall? Is it a practice that is a Medicaid practice and they and an HMO and they have a high volume of patients coming in and they're and the staff is getting derailed? Like you you can't just clean, clean sweep and say, like, this is the answer. I, I don't, I, I know there's consultants out there that do it. I have to get in the trenches. I have to get there. I now on a baseline analysis, I'm not there. I'm doing that remote. I gather the data, but I'm referring to like clients that I work with. I have to see and talk with the staff and see reality in a given day with live patients because mm -hmm. otherwise you're, you don't know what's going on in that practice and you're ill advising them. Yeah. 
Well, I, I love that idea, though, of just getting started with a baseline practice analysis. This, this is something I talk about all the time with, with my clients, potential clients, and I call it gap analysis. It's just looking at where you are now, right. where you want to go, and then identifying the gaps that are, that are in the way. And, and that's what you know, most successful businesses are always doing. They're, they're saying, where we are now, where do we want to go? And what are the gaps? And I think many doctors, they just, they don't even know where they are now. And so that baseline analysis, I, I think is such a powerful, powerful tool. Right. What about drawing in things like the doctor's vision and what they want, actually want the practice to look like? Where does that come into play? That comes in first thing. I talk, when I talk with a doctor, I talk about the vision, the very first initial communication. And doctors will say, you know, can't you write the vision for me? I, I don't like to, I don't know how to write one. And I say, I can help you. But if I write the vision, then it's my vision. And I try, you know, even as a business owner, I can tell you, and here is my vision. It's on my desk. I look at it every day. Um, I can tell you that writing a vision is difficult from this perspective. It's like, I use the analogy, it's like shooting an arrow in the sky and you want to hit the moon. And it's like, How's that going to work? So you have to lay out what your ideal is. Like, this is how I want it to be. This is what my staff is going to look like. This is how the team is going to behave. This is how the patients are going to be. This is the ideal day that I want in my schedule. This is how my finances will be. This is how my debt's going to be. All of those things. And, and yes, initially it's hard. I give, I give a template. I help them in writing it. I like to break down a vision by um, personal professional and your practice because we really do have many visions if you're a young doctor you're gonna you know maybe you're starting your family you want to own a practice eventually you're on, you're an associate well that doctor is you know we work differently to do that startup or an acquisition versus an established dentist okay. yeah, no, that that that's excellent great 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 advice now you know, kind of looking at just the, the overall team, right? Let, let's say we decide to bring in, you know, you or another consultant into the practice, right? Teams are, are living, breathing, you know, organizations. And so how do you approach that with your team? How do you tell your team that, hey, we're, we're bringing someone in? You know, that's an interesting question. I just had a conversation with a, a potential client last night and she and her partner asked, you know, we're having a team meeting this morning and what do you think, you know, how should I say this? And I always, I, I believe that, you know, honesty is the best policy. And I said to her and him, my advice to you is to first and foremost, thank them for such a great year last year. You know, tell because the doctor sincerely said to me, I've been in this practice 15 years. I, she bought it from a senior partner. And she said, I'm telling you, this is the best team we've ever had. And I said, you know what, you need to say that. So in the morning meeting, start out by saying, you know, I want you to know me and my partner are so happy and we're so grateful for what you all have done. We've had people out on COVID. We've had influx of patient cancellations for COVID and, and you still have had a good attitude and we still had our best year ever. And that means a lot to us because we know we couldn't have done it without you as a team. Because really, if you're a dentist out there and you think you're the only reason that practice is successful, you're, you're wrong. I'm, I'm just telling you, you're wrong. 
Hmm. Behind every great dentist is a great team. And maybe your team has hiccups and speed bumps and whatnot, but, but definitely I think that having that conversation about bringing in a consultant, I told her the next step that she needed to introduce in that same conversation after she congratulated her team was to say that I want you to know we had a, we, you know, we have had a conversation with a coach. I said, use the word coach instead of consultant. You say the word consultant and teams freak out because everyone, I, I too, having been a dental assistant in a front desk, I had my share of consultants in my career and there were some whack jobs. So I'm here to say, I get it. But one of the things is, is in that conversation to say, you know, we have, we've had a conversation with a coach and we have decided that we want to help you as a team and us as doctors be more efficient. We know that we're not as efficient as we could be and that we're all really stressed out. And we believe that making this investment in this consultant is going to help us. And so they liked that idea. And that's, I, I just emailed them before I got on this meeting to say, how did your morning meeting go? And how did the, you know, conversations go? Yeah. Well, right. And, and what I'm hearing actually, as you, you kind of walk through these things is, is once again, you know, every practice is so different and, and, and the way that you tell one team may be a little different than you tell another team or the, without the, a doubt, right. Or the things that you decide to work on first in your practice are probably going to be different than what another practice is working in. So, so this is customized. This is not cookie cutter in any way, is it? No, I, I agree with you. Absolutely. Every practice is different. Every practice, you know, you have small practices, front desk, hygienist, dental assistant, and doctor. You have practices that have three or five doctors in it or more. So every approach is unique to that practice. Yeah. Sure. It's customized. I don't, I've worked with cookie cutter consultants as an employee. And I often would sit back and be like, this just, is this just a one brush paints everything like that? How do you even know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, and we're going to tell everyone how to take advantage of that baseline practice analysis here, here in a moment. But, you know, Gene, you're also a business owner. You're also an entrepreneur your, yourself. And, and the entrepreneurial journey, I, at least I found it's not straight up. There can be some significant challenges that, that we experience along the way. And, and I'm sure yours has been no different. Have you faced some challenges that, that you can share that have really shaped who you are today? Absolutely. Um, I'll kind of go back for you. Uh, When I started my career and I decided um, I was asked by the consulting company that I had hired way back after about six years, did I want to become a consultant with them? I said, absolutely. And my dentist that I worked for bought me my first briefcase and off I went. And after working in the field, I mentioned that I did the binders and the copywriting of those manuals and instituted them. After about seven years, I offered to buy them out. They didn't want to sell. I started my own firm. The first year in my business in 2000, I was slapped with a lawsuit from them. I had signed a one-page document, non-compete, drafted by them. Didn't Young entrepreneur made the mistake, didn't pay the money for an attorney to review it. Big mistake. Um, they sued me. The first year in business, I paid $160,000 to an attorney three attorneys to defend me. When I, I come from very humble beginnings. I'm one of six kids. When I started my business, I started it on $20,000. My goal was to grow my business three to 5 million in three to five years and maybe be bought out by a Patterson, a Shine, a bank, uh, you, you know, Johnson and Johnson or a pharma. I didn't know. 
And what happened is I went to that law firm and I said, I'd like you to represent me. And I want you to know I don't have money to pay you. But I will tell you this, every client I close, I'll pay you 50% of my fee that I get from the client until I have you paid off. I had that law firm paid off in one year. I won the lawsuit, but there was no winnings in the sense. Nobody wins in a lawsuit. You both pay money. But I learned so much. It was such a valuable lesson for me. And fast forward five years to the date of when I started my business, I sold my business. I had been approached by a company called Mercer Advisors. They were based out of Arizona. They were building a Mecca education center that now is called Spear Education. I sold and came, went on as an executive VP. And in that journey, it was wonderful in that I learned a tremendous amount about transitions and whatnot. I left them and I started my firm again. And the reason I started my firm again is because I just had this passion for making sure that clients were taken care of in the right way and not being responsible for 90 consultants out in the field that were cowgirls and cowboys doing it their own way. I knew that if I could create a boutique, really patient-centered practice for doctors um, and me being a boutique firm that could deliver on that, that's why I did it. So those challenges helped me to be who I am today, I think. Yeah. Wow. No, that, that's so powerful. Thank you for, for sharing that. And then, you know, once again, just talking with you, right, your passion comes out, but just you also have a very positive and successful and productive mindset. How do you sustain that? What are you doing on a regular basis to really help you stay positive, productive and, and maintain that that successful mindset? Um, you know, I think I mentioned I, I, I like to meditate. I like to journal and that kind of thing. But I think the positive mindset really comes from understanding that I have to be positive for myself and love myself and what I do so that I can share that with others. Hmm. And I really believe and not to get, you know, mushy or emotional, but, but I do believe this is my life calling. This is why I'm here is to help dentists and teams and that's all I need to give me positivity. That's all yeah. I need to make me feel like, you know, I'm doing the right thing. So it's, it's not a challenge to be, you know, positive. I'm not saying that like, I don't have a day when I'm, you know, when I'm not positive, I'm not this, you know, pie in the sky, you know, head up in the clouds kind of person, but I'm realistic, but it, it, it just makes it easy when, when you are really, loving what you do. Yeah, no, so, so true. And, and, and once again, completely agree with you there. And then I think that that principle of taking care of yourself so that you can take care of others really matters too. I always use the analogy of being on a plane and if the plane loses oxygen, you want to put the oxygen mask on yourself, not because you're selfish and you're mean and you don't care about anyone else, right. but by taking care of yourself, now you can take care of everyone else around you too. Whereas if you don't put that oxygen mask on, you're going to pass out and be of no use to anyone. True. Absolutely. Well, hey, I, you know, once again, let's come back to this baseline analysis, because I, I think that's such a powerful starting point, especially here we are, start of the year, or if you're listening to this six months later, even now, right? That's a great time to, to do that analysis. So what's involved in that? How do we get a hold of you? What does it cost? Like, right? How can we take advantage of this practice baseline analysis? 
Well, because, you know, Dental Wealth Nation invited me, I, I want to be able to share that with anyone. It, it, uh, there's no charge on it. Oh, wow. It basically um, is a, about 25 pages what, by the time I'm done. Um, I will need some information, some questions answered about, I think there's about 20. Um, from those, uh, I can, I can give you the list and you can fill it out, but sometimes you don't know where to get the reports in your software, or we can screen share kind of like what we're doing today. I see you, you see me. I tell you as a clinician, click here, get that. I write down the information and then it takes me about 24 hours to 36 hours to put it together. And then we do a zoom meeting. I deliver it to you. I email it to you and, and you have it for the rest of, you know, for whatever you want to do with it. Hmm. Um, I don't hard sell people. I'm not a hard sell. I believe that, you know, people either want help or don't want help. A baseline analysis, it's at least going to give you information that you should have as an entrepreneur about your business. Wow. And then how can we get in touch with you to, to request? You can get in touch with me by um, calling me at Gene um, at 630-675-5183. Uh, that's my cell phone. I have a landline at 866-200-3217. And my email, Jean, G, like George, E-N-E, at G-S-T-L-Consulting.com. And I'm sure you'll probably have it on your screen as well, my contact. Yep. Yeah, we've already put the, the links down in the comments for you. So if you want to go ahead and grab some of the free resources, we've linked to that page down there for you. And Great. I would encourage you to, to check out the, the resources. She's got not only the practice baseline for you, but also some, some resources to help you write that vision statement or navigate the current climate that you're in or, you know, absolutely rock your schedule and have it fuller than, than ever before with the kind of patients you are looking for. So Jean, hey, thank you for sharing so generously with us today. And, and I know I certainly have a much clearer path forward when I'm thinking about 2022, because these principles apply no matter where you are in life, right? Take a look at where you are now, start there and right. then figure out what are the things that, that you need to improve that you want to improve to help get you to, to where you want to go. And so uh, thank you once again for helping us on that clear path to make 2022 our best year ever. Well, thank you. I appreciate you, you uh, inviting me to come on. Absolutely. Any closing thoughts before we sign off here? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I guess my closing thoughts would be believe in yourself. Uh, realize that you have probably more potential than you give yourself credit for. And don't be so hard on yourself. Don't beat mm. yourself up for what you didn't do or you don't have or you haven't, you know, marked off your checklist just move forward. Hmm. I think we, you know, we, we talk to ourselves the most than anyone else in a given day. And a dentist is very much talking to themselves a lot and realize that sometimes our negative talk is what brings us down to a point where we, we don't really kind of get past that with our positivity. Wow. Oh, I, powerful, powerful thoughts. If you'd like that, if you're going to use that, go ahead and uh, click the like button. Let's give Gene uh, St. Louis some love for, for just those, those fantastic closing thoughts. And, and once again, so excited to, to have you here to, to really help you build that amazing life of significance. But if you just listen to everything we've just talked to, you've wasted your time. But if you take one or two of these ideas, if you go back, if you take action, because successful people do what successful people don't, they actually take action. If you take action on one or two of these ideas, you may just be on track to have your best year ever, and you're going to end up making it a great 
day. So thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you, again you here soon on Dental Wealth Nation. You've been listening to Dental Wealth Nation. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. Join us next time as we pull back the curtain to reveal the often hidden advice and strategies used by today's most successful individuals and families and help maximize your net worth so you can take even better care of the people you love. Till next time, make sure to hit the website at dentalwealthnation.com. 